This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Rays baseball today on this Thursday, October 19th with Bill Chastain, our MLB.com Rays reporter. And Bill, what we're doing today is uh, something that kind of interests me at the end of every uh, baseball regular season is I want to look at uh, how much the Rays rotation changed and to what degree between game one and game 162, you know, during the course of uh, any typical season, whether it's through uh, trades or injuries or promotions and demotions, uh, what a staff looks like uh, at game one is often quite different from what that staff looks like uh, as of game 162. So kind of take us down that uh, that path uh, for the Rays. And uh, to what degree did this rotation change between the start of 2017 and the end of it? Well, mostly any changes were due to injuries. I know uh, Cobb had a little stint, and so did uh, Odorizzi, and, and so did Snell, I mean, uh, Andres. So, um, you know, they were they were out at different points, and that allowed um, Faria, Jake Faria, to get in there some, and Austin Pruitt to pitch a little bit. Of course, Archer, you know, he sticks out there every year and makes every start. You know, he's kind of a an iron byron, but... Um, uh, there really wasn't a lot of change, although you can see a lot of change coming probably in the off season and, and a lot of candidates maybe who could uh, slip in there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when you look at Chris Archer, like you said, this guy is, uh, you know, the workhorse, the mainstay. His numbers uh, between 2016 and 2017 are near mere images of one another. It's actually kind of freaky, uh, except for the the wins and losses. He had the, the 19 losses last year, a lot of that due to just rotten <clears throat> luck. He was still sub-500 this year at 10-12, and 12, but uh, the strikeouts were actually up a little bit. He fanned uh, 249 and only 201 innings, uh, but a lot of the numbers, the runs, the home runs, the walks, uh, nearly identical. Even the ERA was nearly the same, 402 in 2016, 407 here in 2017. How would you assess Archer's season? Did he, you know... Would you call it a bounce-back year, even though the numbers pretty much remain the same except for the wins and losses? How would you assess it? You know, I'm asked about him a lot, and he's hard, he's hard to quantify because he's got so, such good stuff, but it just really hadn't translated to the numbers that much other than the strikeouts. Um, you know, it's a pretty high ERA, and uh, you know, the wins-losses are not good. But, again, you know, this is the guy who gives you 200 innings every year, and and, uh, you know, he, he gets, you know, he starts every, every time out. So, you know, I, I don't think it was kind of the, you know, maybe the, uh, you know, the uptick you would like to see this past year between last year and when he lost 19 and this year, you know, but, you know, he's, he's a solid pitcher, but it, he's just kind of hard to, you know, categorize. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I know there's some different elements to it. There's, the you know the element of of luck or or bad luck as it, as it is sometimes the element of run support or lack thereof and as ridiculous as this may sound 
is he actually does he actually throw too many strikes where he's you know the, the saying goes uh, you know wild in the strike zone which may attribute for all the you know the the high number of strikeouts but again the fairly high number of home runs he gave up 27 of those and can a case be made that that maybe he is as they say you know wild within the strike zone so to speak um probably but i you know from what i've seen of him i i would like to see the the change up more often and as that gets better, I think it'll drive how much better he gets because that kind of keeps him off his slider, which is, you know, one of the best pitches in baseball and his fastball. So, uh, but a lot of times it seems like he's out there with two pitches and uh, that seems to, you know, hurt him at times. Yeah, it certainly does. And you would think that one of these years, the, the numbers are going to finally reflect the, the talent because, again, you see the 249 Ks and the 4.07 ERA. Those two things really don't compute. It's been a very odd couple of years for Chris Archer, but one thing we do know for sure, he's in his prime. He's got electric stuff. And one of these years, the numbers are certainly going to reflect that. Bill, want to get your thoughts on uh, Alex Cobb and injury shortened uh, 2016 only made the five starts, uh, really bounced back in 2017. 29 starts, a, a full season of health, uh, went 12-10, and 10, a 3.66 ERA. Uh, you know, a guy that doesn't strike out a ton, but he, he minimizes uh, hard contact, and it seems like that uh, he's really back on track, and, and, and he performed the way this year that Rays fans expected him to. Yeah, and, and the thing you really like about Cobb is he, he knows what he's doing out there. He really seems to know what he's doing. And, you know, when he hasn't been injured, he's done really well. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, this is one of those years where the Rays are going to have to decide uh, whether to make him a, a qualifying offer or watch him, you know, and still they might watch him and see him go, you know, free agency. So uh, I do think there'll be a lot of interest in him on the free agent market. And so uh, given that, I, I and based on the way the team has done things in the past, I would be pretty surprised if, we see him back with the Rays next year. And would that be because, you know, they've got uh, younger guys who are still developing in, in Snell and Andres? Would that be the biggest reason why they would cut uh, Cobb loose? Well, I mean, and it's not exactly cutting him loose, but, it, you know, kind of just, I mean, they didn't they didn't stick around with Price. They didn't stick around with Shields. And, you know, it's just kind of the way they operate. They, they just don't want a guy having that big of a chunk of their payroll based on their payroll restrictions. And, you know, you've got some guys coming in. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see what Brent Honeywell does. The uh, Leon last year was, you know, had a, had an injury shortened year, and then also you got Nathan Evaldi coming back, um, who you know was re- rehabbing from Tommy John all year. But the reports at the end of the year was, you know, he was totally healthy and could have actually pitched some in September. So uh, he did pitch in the minor leagues. But um, you know, this is a guy who's been a major league starter. So. Um, I, you know, it's going to be interesting how they decide to play it with their starting rotation. Yeah, it really will. And uh, as the Rays so often do, uh, year in and year out, they've got the reinforcements on the way up, and uh, that could uh, cause Alex Cobb to be in another uniform uh, sometime in the not-too-distant future. Bill, want to get your thoughts on uh, Jake Odorizzi. He came off uh, a pretty solid 2016. He made 33 <coughs> starts, a 3.69 ERA. This year, the numbers are down a, a little bit, nothing alarming. You made 28 starts this year, the ERA uh, up uh, nearly a half run at, at uh, 4.14. Would you say he's a guy that, in terms of expectations, did he did he meet expectations, did he fall short, or perhaps exceed them? In what category did he fall? I would say on paper he he did not meet expectations, but based on the backstory, uh, he was fighting some stuff all year. 
physically and caused his mechanics to, to change. And uh, I don't think he ever really did get the feel all year. And, um, you know, you, you, you like to watch a guy who can go out and even when he doesn't have his best stuff, battle. And that's what I see from Odorizzi. Uh, he did give up a lot of home runs. Of course, a lot of people think the, the ball was altered this year. But um, I, 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 would, I would say on paper, yes, he took a step back. But I don't think in, in reality it was a step back based on the things he was going through. Now, did that uh, require a DL stint for Odorizzi, or was it more just, you know, nagging aches and pains that he tried to pitch through that wasn't, you know, severe enough to land him on the DL? He had a brief DL stint, and I'm not exactly sure when it was. If I, my memory serves me correctly. It might have been around August. He just never could get, you know, once you injure a part of your body or you're aching in a part of your body and you start compensating it by doing things a different way, it's really hard to get back to finding the way that you were doing it to be successful. And, you know, when you're, you know, these starters are, you know, the big thing you hear them preach all the time is repeating their delivery. And uh, if you're not able to do that, it really affects your control and, and your stuff and the whole gamut. Yeah. And that's what happened to uh, Oda Rizzi in uh, 2017. Not, not a bad year by any means, but like you said, on paper, uh, it seems like he took a slight step back from what he did in uh, 2016. Another Jake that uh, turned some heads for the Rays in 2017, Bill, was uh, Jake Faria. Came on at the end of the year, uh, just uh, at the age of 23, his rookie campaign. Uh, he made uh, 16 appearances, 14 starts, went 5-4 uh, and four, and 3.43 uh, ERA. What I love about him, nearly a K per inning, 86 and two-thirds on the mound, 84 Ks, and it seems like uh, the Rays are, are pretty high in this guy, agree? Yes, totally, and and uh, I think he was a little bit ahead of he arrived a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, the Rays were really impressed with, and and you know when they pointed out, and and I consider it myself, I'm I'm saying I am as well that you know this guy, a lot of minor league guys come up and they get their first taste of the major leagues, and they're afraid to, uh, you know, they suddenly become a different pitcher, and they don't think their stuff's good enough. He was more like, you know, here it is, if you can hit it, hit it, you know, and. He had a lot more trust in his stuff than you typically see of a guy coming up from the minor leagues, and uh, he thrived. And I think uh, good things, only good things are ahead for him. Uh, he fits in well. Um, he battles well, and he's got decent stuff. Absolutely. And was was he a guy that was, you know, on the radar as a guy that, you know, could make an appearance in, in 2017 and really perform the way he did? Or was he someone that kind of – surprise people to, to, you know, not only come up at the end of the year, but perform the way that he did. No, I think he was pretty much on the, you know, on the doorstep waiting, but, uh, you know, still might've been a little bit more, you know, and they, they might've gotten a little more out of him than what they had anticipated. I, I would say they probably got a lot more out of him than what they were anticipating going into the season. Yeah. And hopefully something to build and, and on. Probably, for... And probably a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know, Snell had his problems right. and uh, had to go to the minor leagues. So, right. uh, you know, he kind of filled that void. And speaking of uh, Blake Snell, it seems like this is a guy that, you know, the the stuff is there. The stuff has been there. The, you know, he's got the pedigree as someone that, that could thrive at the big league level. Really hasn't happened yet on a consistent basis. Is uh, is patience wearing thin with him? And would you call 2018 a make-or-break year for Blake Snell? You know what? I would call it more of a growth year because uh, I, I do, while they did come in with high expectations, he, you know, he experienced failure, and uh, I think he kind of uh, was able to rewrite the ship a little bit. And I think going forward, that's you know really going to help him uh, 
how he how he dealt with that failure and and um, you know knowing how he was able to find something towards the you know towards the latter part of the season. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, as we see a lot of times with uh, young pitchers, uh, a part of the journey to success is failing. And Snell has had that part of the equation. Hopefully he can convert that into a learning experience and success for 2018 and beyond. And, Bill, in the minute or so we have left, when you look at, you know, the the guys that you've mentioned, the guys that we've gone over, the younger guys in terms of, you know, Honeywell, who could really do some things next year, uh, Faria, Snell, Andres, if you had to pick one guy from that group that is poised to really break out and assert themselves in this rotation next year, who would you pick? Well, I've got to feel like Brent Honeywell is going to be up uh, because – of the group of Odorizzi, Archer, and Cobb, you know, I don't know how many of those guys will be back, um, you know, whether they're traded in, in the case of Odorizzi or uh, uh, Archer, or if they go free agency, you know, such as Cobb. So there could be some vacancies. And this guy's, you know, you know, done everything on the way up, and uh, uh, he's got great stuff, and, he's, and they, they say he's the most competitive guy in the, you know, competitive pitcher in the organization. So, I think he's going to get a good chance uh, next year. Yeah, a lot of eyeballs are going to be on Honeywell uh, in spring training, and uh, we'll see uh, if he is a mainstay in that Rays rotation for next season. Bill Chastain, a pleasure as always. Uh, We thank you for the time, and we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Tampa Bay Rays. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.